Welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm talking with May Yo Silvers about how she creates memorable corporate events. May is a corporate event planner who immigrated from Singapore to build her event planning career in Miami and has worked on events for dignitaries, celebrities, and athletes, including Bill Clinton, Jimmy Johnson, and Venus Williams. Welcome, May. Hi, thank you for having me today, Virginia. Thank you for being here. So can you tell us a little bit about like your entrepreneurial journey, how you decided to go out on your own? So I'm originally from Singapore and I started my hospitality career at the Raffles Hotel in Singapore. If you have watched that crazy rich Asian movie where Nick and Jessica, where they were staying in that hotel, that was the hotel that I used to work. And I've always had a, a passion for the hospitality industry since young. As a family, we travel a lot for vacation and I'm always enamored by the how the hotel, how grand the hotel looks, all the different events that they do. So I decided to pursue a career in hospitality, especially in food and beverage and events management for over 15 years working in all high-end hotels. And the last place that it brought me to is in Miami. So being in the hospitality field, you know, the hotel business, we don't sleep, it's 24-7. Being in the events field is very similar. <laughs> it's very similar. So I have held senior positions as a director of catering and conference services. I've done several hotel openings and my responsibility is to, is to determine the, the event space that the hotel can sell and then how to sell it. And then once we have sold it, how do we plan events and how do we execute the whole party, right? So yeah. in charge of hire, fire, training, selling, the whole nine yards. So I work a lot of hours. Like when the hotel is in full swing in peak season, easily I work up to 80 hours a week. So I came to Miami in 2004 and everyone is still back home in Singapore. Everyone is still is back home. So I don't really get to see my family a lot, except when I take vacations. And in hotel business, it's extremely difficult to take vacations because we're busy all year round. So I'm limited on the number of days that I could actually get back to Singapore to see my family. But when I am on vacation... I would get emails, like sometimes up to 3,000 over emails by the time that I'm gone. So let's just say seven days, right? (laughs) So yes, when you were young and foolish, you can do that (laughs) for X number of years. And then one day I woke up like, what's the point of working so hard, even though I love what I do and making good money, but I don't have a life. I neglect my health. I don't have a circle of friends that I can hang out with. And I don't get to see my family. So what do I want eventually to die by myself and be alone in my own cemetery plot? No, I wanted to have a life, to live life. And I decided to start my own event planning company in 2012 and best decision ever, but I'm going to be very honest with you. It is, you know, entrepreneurship is not for everybody. And for me, it was like cold turkey when I left and I had withdrawal syndrome and I went back for two times. And then you finally, I woke up one day and said, enough. That's it. Going all in. And 
that's where the beautiful journey really begins. That's fun. You definitely got to know whether this is what you wanted, the route you wanted to take, okay? Yeah. That's fun. Do I understand it right where you help plan events for people, but you also teach people how to do the event? So when I was in the hotel business, being in the position that I was in, I not only just sell the space and plan the event, I have a team that I teach them to do what I do so that I can do more management CEO stuff, right? So CEO, well, I was working for other people. So in a management role, looking over numbers, performance, and stuff like that. Then I started my own event planning company. It's just me. And all this time has always been just me. So I'm the one who does everything, but I have great partnerships with my, with my vendors. So I do have a team that I don't have to pay a payroll for. And that's how I yeah. grew my business into multiple, multiple six-figure profit company. Now, last year in 2020, during COVID, when I left the hospitality field to start my own business in 2012, a lot of my, my hospitality peers said that I really have got guts to leave a six-figure job to start a business that where I have to pay my own health insurance. And you know, in United States, insurance is like everything because healthcare is yeah. so expensive. So I have to pay my own health insurance, write my own paycheck where I could just comfortably show up and do what I do best and get paid a big fat check. So now I have to create wealth by myself, but they don't see how hard I work. They don't see the things that I went through. That's why they said what they said to me. So I took the leap of faith and I started. The, and again, it wasn't easy, but I made it. And everybody see the, the nice and glory stuff, right? So when COVID hit, a lot of my friends got fired or furloughed or let go because there were no more events. So all my friends in the hospitality field all lost their job, especially when you're in the events field because there's no more events. It was so gloom, you know, that people that I, they are also not just my hotel peers, but they're also my friends. And they're also people who refer business to me. When their clients in, in their hotel require something that the hotel cannot produce, they call me to help in terms of the event production. So overnight, they all don't know what to do. <laughs> so they're just like loss. And for me, it was just reshifting my business, renegotiating contracts. Business still goes on. It's not like I've, my, my business fall overnight. We still have business. So we're still able to sustain our business even a year of no events. We're able to pivot. But when you work for someone else, you don't have the opportunity at the mercy of their paycheck. Whereas for me, I write my own paycheck. I know what to do to get the business going. So I, I felt that I had to do something and I started a business coaching uh, company in July in 2020 during COVID, wanting to give hope, inspiration, motivation, and clarity to people in the hotel field or in the events field that if this is what you really love to do, because for you to want to work 60 to 80 hours a week in the hospitality field, you've got to have that passion. You've got to have that, <laughs> that drive. So why not move that drive for your own business? So I started the coaching business. I showed them the path of how to build a business. And now is the best time to build the business because now you've got no distraction. You can fully focus on building your business. And then when we start having events, you're ready to go. 
So I started a coaching business in July and we are, well, 15 months in, 15, 18 months in, we are already a multiple six figure, we are a multiple six figure profit company. So, but, but it's not even just the monetary reward, but the fact that I'm able to show another path for my peers, for people in general, that the environment doesn't define you, you define you. And they, they make their own wealth. Now they are making six figures too. So I can't complain. <laughs> Life is good. Yeah. yeah, you get to help so many people in the process. Yes, absolutely. So who would you say is your ideal avatar? For my event planning business, my ideal avatar, are like we help, we specialize in a few, few categories. So we do a lot of events with, with law firms. When they go to trial, we help them to arrange the logistics in terms of their hotel stays. So my ideal avatar are the, the partners of the, of the law firm or the office administrator who are so busy preparing for the trial that they don't have time to know how to negotiate for a contract where you have no definite date on when you're coming because you don't <laughs> know when the trial dates are. So people who really need help to take away things from their plate so that they can really focus on where the big money is and serving their clients. And then I also help coaches and, and consultants for the in-person event where they do in-person launches, retreats, because this in-person experience helps to extend the lifetime value of their existing clients and also expand their brand visibility for potential clients as well. And I have been to several in-person events by my own coach or I help other coaches plan their events. And I've seen that their business has, has definitely increased because of the experience given an in-person event. So those, coach, those, those coaches and course consultants are the, my ideal avatar. Those people who are in the seven or eight figures who only want to coach and help people and understand that planning event is not their zone of genius. Trust me mm-hmm. to do my job and you shine in your area. So... So people who, who understands that this is not what I do best, I let you do this. It's just like they don't want people to tell them how to coach, right? Same thing. Okay. I don't need people <laughs> to tell me how to plan. So, <laughs> so that for the coaching side, my ideal avatar are people who knows that they, they do have some blocks, mindset blocks and fear. They acknowledge that and they want to get help to overcome those blocks. But first they need to know how to acknowledge that fear. And they know that this is what they want to do. Building a business is what they want. Event planning business is what they want. They are not afraid of the hard work, but they need a hand. They need somebody to push them and expand them. So action takers, not just information seekers. Those are my ideal clients. Definitely the action taker part, hey? So what, how do you get in front of your ideal clients? Like with the, the coaches and like, how do you, yeah, how do you get in front of them? What do you do? So, you know, apart from the usual suspect, the social media aspect, I, I try to put myself interest, very interesting that you asked me this question because everybody is relying so much on social media, right? Nowadays, everybody say that the social media is, you must do social media, you must. I agree. I agree that you have to do that. But when I, when I built M2 Hospitality, even, even now, my event planning company, I rely 100% on relationship marketing, which is building relationship face-to-face visiting them, talking to people, attending networking events, 
showing values. You know, now that we are able to take advantage of the digital platform, you know, I go on LinkedIn, I share, I teach. I'm in a, in a, in a mode of how can I help you? So my content, I deliver my content in, in different forms. It could be a post, it could be a video, or I go to in-person events. So I, I, I put myself in a room where I know my ideal clients will hang out. So, so if I know that this summit is hosted by a very well-known coach and there were uh, other coaches who's going to be there, I will be there. So I will be there and I learn, I network, I show value of how an in-person event can help them. And then we make connection. Sometimes sales happen immediately. Sometimes it takes six months, a year. It doesn't matter. It's all at the end of the day, it's about how you make people feel. And same thing for my, for my coaching business. I show up in other people's Facebook group. I see a question thread. How, how do I price myself? How do I market myself? I answer. I answer. I give some tips. And I constantly show up to show my value. How can I help you? And then eventually they say, who's this person? Let me go Google her. And then they are in my ecosystem. <laughs> a lot of them also came through from referral, like members inside my own Facebook group, my clients. And they would say, you need to join her group. You need to follow her. So those are always the best referrals, hey? Yes. The best kind of clients. Yeah. So what big goals are you looking to achieve over the next year or two? One of my long-term goals for the coaching business is to be the elite business coaching school for event planners. I want to be a, uh, in institutions where every, every institution that teaches event planning will have a book of mine to teach them what exactly it means to own a business and not just an event planner who just make events pretty, do pretty events. There's more than that. You are a great event planner doesn't mean that you are a great business owner. So that's one of my big goals and to, to be a household name for anyone who has a passion, who wants to have their own event planning company and like the Harvard for event planners to come for business schooling. That's my big goal. So you have a book then? It will be published soon. Yes. Ooh, I'm in the final edits. <laughs> it's called, it's called, you know, the unstoppable eventrepreneur. So it's, it's not it's the eventrepreneur, the unstoppable eventrepreneur, turning your passion into profits. That's fun. Yeah. Congratulations on your book. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so how would these goals change your business? Financially, definitely it will change. It will change the, the, the financial aspect, of course. But I think it will make my business more approachable in a sense that now that we are household name, more people, more people know about us and we no longer will just do just coaching like that. We want to have individual, we want to, have, to be able to duplicate this model and make it into individual schools. So almost like, I won't say a franchise, but to be able to have people who graduate from the program to continue my teachings. So we make waves and not ripples. So I think we want to have several, several companies or satellite companies or several people who continue with the teachings so that we can reach out to a broader group of audience who really need help. I like your acronym of like making waves, not ripples. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. What do you think is the number one roadblock that's stopping you from reaching your goals? 
currently, I would say on the visibility end, because people, I would just say people in, in my field, in the events field, event planners, they think that the person who makes the most beautiful events, right, produce the most beautiful events, there are some big names out there, are the people that they should be learning from. Unfortunately, I have known of such big names who try to do a coaching program, but quite a few of them, of my clients came from their coaching program. What does it tell you? They may be a good event planner, but they may not be a good coach. So for me, I didn't pay too much attention to M2 Hospitality in terms of creating a big brand for M2 Hospitality, which is my event planning company. I do very unsexy events, put it this way. I do very unsexy events. So when you were saying that I do dignitary events and stuff like that, yes, but all these are big names that I sign an NDA. So I can't really produce the pictures, okay? So I also understand working with all these big names comes with a different set of challenges. And are they my ideal avatar? You didn't hear me say that, right? Not really. So I think that when my clients whom I want to attract into the coaching business, if they, if they see that, oh, you know, you don't do sexy events, that means you're not the right coach to follow, then they don't see my, my visibility right now as the type of visibility that they want to see. So my biggest challenge right now is to position myself that I am the authority in the field in business coaching yeah. for event planners. My goal is not to teach you how to plan an event because you already know. You can be the best event planner, but if you don't know how to market yourself, people can't find you, they can't pay you. Two huge ones, right? (laughs) Exactly. End of story. If people can't find you, they can't pay you. If you can't get over your own mindset block, your money story, you don't know how to charge, you're not going to make money. You're going to do events for free. You become a very expensive hobby. So right now, my biggest challenge because we're just only less than, you know, like over a year in business online for the coaching side is to continue to build on that visibility to continue to show the audience that I am your go-to when it comes to building a business. So it doesn't really matter if I do sexy events or not. Right. You need to produce results more so. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What's the best advice that you've ever received? So many. Where to start? (laughs) (laughs) I would say the best advice that I received was from one of my mentors. That is, you don't let the environment define you. Whether it's external environment or the internal environment define you. Nothing is permanent. Success is not permanent. Failure is not permanent. You create your own reality and your destiny. That's the best advice that I have received. That's a big one. Do you have any tips for anyone to be able to maybe change their mindset a little bit so that they're, they don't feel like they're stuck in that aspect, in the negative aspect? I think the first and foremost, you have to ask yourself, do you believe in yourself? And then you have to ask, you know, when you ask yourself this question, do, you be- do I believe in me? A lot of times... If you have to ask that question yourself, that means you don't really believe in yourself. You need affirmation from other people. And if you need to seek affirmation from other people, you better be seeking the affirmation from the right people. 
Because if your environment, if you're surrounding yourself in an environment of people who is the same as you or not doing better than you, what kind of affirmation are you getting from them? They're going to tell you that because they don't, they, they don't know any better. So how can they give you any affirmation that's going to push you out of your own comfort zone to expand you? So my tip for you is to change your mindset. It's not just all on you. If you could do it all by yourself, you could have done it already. <laughs> so be in a room, be in a room and, be, and learn by osmosis. Be in a room of people who have already done it, who has already conquered their own mindset blocks. And you're going to learn from them. How did they do it? Because they can show you the path. They will share with you their experience and let you know that you're not alone in that path. They were you a few months ago, a few years ago. So again, where you are now, it's not permanent unless you make the choice to stay where you are and not move. That's key, hey? <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. What's the best advice? Other than this, what's the best advice you've ever given? <laughs> the best advice I've ever given is... It doesn't matter how many times you fail or how many times you fall, it's how fast you get up. You know, many people, if you don't fail, that means you're not growing. That means you're not doing anything that's expanding yourself to do anything that is unfamiliar. That means you stay in your comfort zone and your safety zone. That means you're doing the same thing. That means you're getting the same results, right? So if you, if you were to do something you haven't done before and you fail, what does that mean? change your perspective. It's not that you fail. You just gain a valuable lesson, okay? And now this is the pivotal point. You gain a valuable lesson. What's next? Do you get up and continue? Or do you say that, thank you very much. I learned a lesson. I'm not going to do it again. The winners are the people who get up and say, let me do it again. Now the best performer are the people who get up very quickly and say, I'm going to do it right now, over and over and over. So the millisecond in terms of how fast you get up and how fast you stay there and say, I learned the lesson, is going to be detrimental to the performance of your business and your personal growth. It's how fast you get up. Get up, but get up fast. I like that. I grew up on horses. And so it was like, if you fall off, you always get back on and you hurry up and get back on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because the longer you stay down there, you know what's going to happen? You're going to talk yourself off getting up. Yeah, you get scared and whatever mm -hmm. else. <laughs> exactly. So I have a question a little outside of all of this. So how do you, I don't want to say find time, but how do you juggle like everything between like with your career and your work and mom and everything else that you have going on? I think a lot of us, when we start our business, right, we go all in which is you sh you're supposed to be. And you should be going all in all the way to the end of the day that you decide to sell your business, right? But setting boundaries is extremely important. And I learned it the hard way, okay? My daughter had to, when I was starting the coaching business, even now, occasionally, she will come to me when she's home. She'll come to me and she will shut down my laptop and say, mama, no more calls. And when we go to her Kung Fu class or gymnastics, she'll say, Mama, not looking on the phone, not looking at the phone, look at me. And it's a rude awakening that I am here physically, but my mind and my attention is not on her. So 
why bother? So then I get this into this guilt, right? That, oh my God, I'm here for her, but I'm not really here for her. But then I'm thinking one million things that I have should be, I could be doing for my business. So the moment that she shut down my laptop, that was the final straw for me. I was like, you know, listen, I really need to create a schedule that I can live, that I can live by, that can create sustainability and happiness in my business my two businesses, and also my personal life. So I set a schedule and I will tell you that when I make that my schedule is not set in stone. It changes with season and it changes with her school schedule and it changes with, with her curriculum as well, right? And also with how many events I have on the books. So it's a very fluid schedule, but there must be a rule that says that I cannot, I will not work after 6 p.m. I do not work the weekends or I do not start work before a certain time and you have to hold yourself accountable for that because to continue sustainability in your business not even talking about your personal life if you are driving yourself so hard you can you will burn out and i experienced that you will burn out and when you commit something better put it on the calendar if it's not on the calendar it doesn't count so I will have to put on my phone at 1.45, pick up Mia. I have to alert myself to go pick up my daughter. <laughs> and so if it's not on the calendar, it doesn't count. So everything is on the calendar. And one trick that I will, I will share with you is it's up here. When you, whatever you block on your calendar, if I say that, okay, at four o'clock, Mia's gymnastic class, I'm there, I'm 100% focused on the gymnastic class. If I have five o'clock after the gymnastic class, that is to create content for my social media. For one hour, I will tell my daughter, mama has to work at five o'clock, so no distraction. I give you my one hour, so now can you give me my one hour? I sit down and I 100% focus on that social media content creation or whatever I put on that calendar. So you need to have a conversation with the loved ones in your life that we're going to plan the schedule together as a family. We need to all respect everybody's boundaries. Everybody, I want my mama time. I want my me time. I want my wife and my, my client wants me. So, and you really have to stay focused on what you said you are going to be doing based on what your calendar say you have blocked for. And you've got to be present for that. Otherwise, you are neither here nor there and you feel guilty when you're doing your work that you're not paying attention to your daughter, your, your daughter's dance class, you're not paying attention to your business. That's not going to work. Yeah, too much guilt doesn't get you anywhere. No, I hope that I hope that helped. That long answer. I liked it. Thank you. <laughs> it's something I'm struggling with too. So, thank you. Yeah, I think you just have to whatever you put on the calendar. If you make an effort to put it on the calendar, you have to respect your calendar. You have to respect your schedule, and also give yourself grace that you can't do everything. It's okay not to do everything. So do the things that you enjoy most and do the things that's going to give you the most impact for your personal life and also for your business. Very true. Thank you. You're welcome. So May, I have enjoyed having you with us today. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would like to share with us? I think, you know, your podcast has been wonderful and I like your mission for the podcast that you, you have people on your podcast that are not superstars already in the online world or in the business world, but people who are still working the business. I think ultimately, anyone who wants to become an entrepreneur, 
please do not mistaken what you see on Instagram that owning a business is all glam. It's not all glam. The glam comes after you work your butt off. And working your butt off doesn't really feel like working your butt off if you take aligned actions, if you really know your why, and if this is really what you believe that you want to do for long term. So before you start thinking that you want to own a business, don't be a wannapreneur, okay? Wannapreneur, a lot of wannapreneur out there. Just really understand that, you know, assess your risk appetite, assess your level of commitment. And it's okay after you go in and you realize that this is not for me. That's not a failure because you took action. So, and then you know, and then you know that that's not what you want, but you've made a found your other passion. Exactly. Exactly. You move. You didn't just stay there and just spin around and think about it. You took action and that is worth applauding. So, that will be that will be the last piece of advice <laughs> that I will share. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Where can we go to find out more about you and what you do? So you go on social media. Everything under under my brand is Mayo Silvers. So if you go to my my social media, let's say my Instagram is Mayo Silvers. M A Y Y E O S I L V E R S. My LinkedIn is Mayo Silvers, same spelling. If you go into Facebook, you look for Mayo Silvers, I'm there as well. And then from there, you'll be able to find my website for my event planning company, M2 Hospitality, or my coaching company, Events4, number four, anyone.com. Awesome. Well, thank you again. No, you're most welcome. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you. And we'll keep in touch. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review. And I'll catch you on the next episode.